parade is a stop the violence parade. And we want to show our active support for our children. So once the word comes to me that they are nearby, we're going to stop what we're doing. We're going to go out those doors. And we're going to cheer for our children as they come down the street. Right? Is that all right? Is that all right? Yes. Well, it's going to be all right because uh, pastor's going to walk out too. Amen. And then we'll come back in here and close it out. Hopefully, we will be able to finish before they come. Scripture says, look there now. It's on the screen, Revelation 12. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And his angels, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. The Bible actually says they were not strong enough nor was a place found for them. It's important that you notice that phrase there. Translation, he was disgracefully removed from his position. He was kicked out. There was no place where? In heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast, where everybody? Cast out. The serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. Have mercy. Well, I could preach on that right there. Ain't nobody in here ain't been deceived before. <laughs> the whole world has been deceived. By the way, just want you to keep in prayer Elder Richard Tibbs. Uh, they are taking tests now to see if he had a what they are calling a mini-stroke. We want to remember him in prayer. I believe he's at University Hospital, so we'll go and see him shortly thereafter. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, when, everybody? Now. When, everybody? Now. Now. It's crucial that you recall that as we move along. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ has come. The, the assumption is, is that even before then, salvation had not come. And those that are saying this are those that are in heaven. Notice, it is not planet Earth who is saying this. Scripture says those in heaven are saying with a loud voice, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God, the power of his Christ have come. And scripture goes on to say, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them. Notice what the scripture calls the enemy. He is the accuser of the brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast where? So Satan has been cast out and cast down. There are two phases of his, of his demotion that we are going to analyze today. He's cast out and he's cast down. The Bible says in verse 11, and they... Heaven is still speaking. Now they're speaking concerning us. And they did what? Read. And they overcame him, come on saints, by the blood of the lamb. And what else? By the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Therefore, rejoice who? Rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. And woe to the inhabitants of the earth and to the sea. And why? For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath. Uh, because he knows 
that he has a short time. I want to preach on the subject today, overcoming criticism and fault finding. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Nobody likes being criticized. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Talking about that that stuff don't bother me. They can say whatever they want. It's a lie. Everybody in here, nobody in here likes criticism. No one likes to be slandered. No one likes people talking about them or talking bad about them. The fact of the matter is we hate more when folk talk about us than when they talk about other people. Come on, say amen in here. Because if, if we did, if we did, if we were that protective of others, if we really hated criticism, then we would hate criticism on everybody. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. If we really despised accusation and fault finding, my mom used to say that to me as a child when uh, we as children used to tell on each other all the time. She used to say, you guys are fault finders. Amen. Come on in here. In the streets, they call you a snitch. Lord, have mercy. Uh, but, but, but nevertheless, I, I mean, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't like people to fault find concerning us and to criticize us. And I'm, I'll be honest. I'm growing. I'm getting to a place. You know, folks say that you ought to have tough skin. But let's just be honest. Don't nobody, like nobody, saying nothing negative about them. Come on, say amen and hear somebody. But it, it's a little easier to dish it than it is to take it. Come on. <laughs> can I get a witness in here this morning? Is anybody honest enough to admit that you can dish it, but it's hard taking it sometimes? Yeah, yeah. Man, one of the things that will teach you that is marriage. <laughs> See, some of y'all are not going to get saved until you get married. <laughs> Lord have mercy. That's why, that's why the pastor is interceding and the prayer team, we're praying, Lord, send some spouses in here so some folk can get saved. Because some of us, truth of the matter is, is, some of us need folk in our lives to not only take it, but to dish it as well. Come on, say amen, somebody. It's the truth anyhow. If you can't say amen, say ouch. And really, that's really where we need to get in our experience. What I'm discovering, though, is that the spirit of, of criticism, the spirit of fault finding, the spirit of, of accusation is the spirit of Satan. It is. As a matter of fact, I go so far as to say, and you'll see in a minute, that there is no other spirit that more characterizes Satan than the spirit of fault-finding and criticism. That's who he is. As a matter of fact, we're going to examine his name. He's got several names, and all of his names can be summed up in this. Criticizer, liar, fault-finder, adversary. He's just against. That's who he is. You know some folks, it doesn't matter how good of a day that you're having and how good things are, they just always have something negative to say. You know, no matter if, you're going, if you want to go right, they say go left, you know, that kind of stuff. Brothers and sisters, it is endemic in humanity that we are naturally, some of you say, I'm just naturally a positive person. Yes, concerning you. Concerning you, you are. But when it comes to other people, we are given, because of our sinful nature, we are given over. Come on now, why, why do I got to talk? We are given over to naturally be critical of others more than we are critical of ourselves. Amen. 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 But, 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 but I must tell you that within the name of Satan, we discover that the spirit of criticism and fault finding, that spirit that, um, and I'm telling you, when it gets, how many know you can get in a little gossiping 
uh, uh, critic, criticizing, fault-finding conversation. And just talk to me. Just, sometimes it's just good to you. Oh. Sometimes it's just good to you. If we didn't like sin, we wouldn't do it. Sometimes we are on a roll. We are reading somebody up one side and down the other. And it feels good. Let somebody who's honest say amen in here. Especially if they've done you wrong. Matter of fact, most of us, even as Christians, feel it is appropriate when somebody has done us wrong to read them up one side and read them down the other. For those of you who need uh, a translation in urban discourse and urban nomenclature, reading somebody up one side and down the other is basically talking about them like a dog. If you've ever talked about somebody like a dog, wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Tell the truth. Yeah. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. And slaying the devil. So notice now, the, the, the name devil, devil means slanderer. All right, what does devil mean, everybody? Slander. It means one who slanders. To slander means to, to put someone in a negative light. One thing you'll discover, even as Christians, I've, I've discovered this in the writings of the Spirit of Prophecy, that even when somebody has done wrong and we characterize them to other people to, to, to make them look bad, it is sin. It's sin. And you'll see why in a moment. Second thing is, is uh, Satan's name, it, he's called devil, and he's called Satan. Satan means adversary. It means he's just against. He's against everybody. He ain't loyal to nobody. You got me? And the third name for him, the Bible called him serpent or deceiver. The Bible says in John 8, that he is a liar, and he is the father of lies. Now, it gets worse. And, 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 then, and then Christ goes on to say, he says that he cannot tell the truth. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it says that his native language is lying. And I told y'all last week, some of y'all speak Ebonics, some of y'all speak English, some speak uh, 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 Japanese, uh, Spanish. Satan speaks lying. Everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. He can't help. He couldn't tell the truth. He can't tell the truth. If, 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 if it cost him his life, he cannot do it. So he is a slanderer. He's a what, everybody? He is an adversary. He's what, everybody? And he is a liar. He's what, everybody? Now, if you put all those things together, basically what you have is a fault-finding criticizer. He is negative. Is it hot in here? Is hot in here? Hey, brother, turn that air up, man. Turn that thing was supposed to be rolling last night. What happened? Y'all saw the rain and got nervous. But y'all know what happened when black folk come in here. Y'all already know. It's hot in here in the wintertime. Come on, say amen. Yes, praise the Lord. I mean, it's just a little distracting when people are passing out uh, the, uh, the fans while I'm preaching. So just turn the air on and let's relieve the ushers of the, uh, uh, the duty of, of, of doing that while I'm preaching, okay? All right, next. Spirit of Satan. Listen to this. There can be no more conclusive evidence. Read this, everybody. That we possess the spirit of Satan than the disposition to hurt and destroy those who do not appreciate our work or who act contrary to our ideas. In other words, an individual that is overly critical of people that don't like what we do, appreciate us, or side with us, watch this now, it's not just unwise, it's just not a good idea, it is, the, it is conclusive evidence that you possess the spirit of Satan. Satan. 
All right, let's go on. Some folk can't handle folk disagreeing with them or going against them. All right, spirit of Satan. It is the spirit of Satan, this is our high calling. Uh, page 287, paragraph 3. Read with me, everybody. It is the spirit of who? To get, to draw, to self. It is the spirit of Christ to do what? To give, to sacrifice self for the good of others. So selfishness in all of its forms is satanic. It's amazing. When we think satanic, this is what we think of. Demon, Can I give you satanic? Refined, poised, well put together. But guess what? Fault finder, criticizer, liar, and selfish is satanic. Help us all. The cross, read everybody. The cross of Calvary should appeal to the benevolence of every follower of the Savior. The principle there is illustrated to do what? To give, give. So when we go into criticizing mode, what we're essentially doing is this. In an in a undertone way, we are putting, we are lifting up ourselves. And any attempt, oh, y'all not hearing me do that. Any attempt to self-promote is satanic. Are y'all here? Okay. On the other hand, the spirit, come on now, the spirit of selfishness is the spirit of what? The principle illustrated here in the lives of worldlings is to what? Get, get. So a satanic spirit is a materialistic spirit. It's a spirit, it's all about me, it's about what I'm trying to do. And especially this finds itself very clear, and I've seen it in my life. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching with you today. The pastor is a criticizer. See, this is the only way y'all going to shout is because I had to expose myself. The pastor finds fault. The pastor lies. I mean, whoa. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. Any attempt, any attempt to fudge truth in any kind of way is a lie. Now talk back to me in here today. All of us got a little devil in us. Reading. Read now. If Satan can excite what? Criticism among who? Any of the Lord's professed people, then it is communicated like leaven. Okay, so let me help you out. That leaven, y'all don't understand that because you're city people. But what you do understand is cancer metastasizing. So what, what's happening is, is the spirit of discord, dissension, criticizing, man, man, it spreads like cancer. Now, when you begin to build people up and to encourage and words of kindness and, and, and build, those things don't spread in the body of Christ, do they? No, nah, they don't spread nowhere. Watch the news. When you watch the news, it's just not good news when somebody saves a cat. It ain't good news when somebody, when, when a kid graduates from school. What we see in news and in the body of Christ is people are attracted and we love mess. It is our nature, man, I, I feel like I'm working too hard this morning. It is our nature to love mess. Now, especially the mess of other folk. Now, if you want to get us mad, get us mad when, when we are starting to experience what we so easily dish out to other people. Folk don't fight for other people. Can you imagine if we start standing up for folk when they were uh, uh, talked about and criticized in the church? What kind of church we'd have? It wouldn't exist in the church. But there's no spirit of accountability. No, no, no. You're not going to talk about her in my presence. Oh, hey, brother, brother, did you hear about brother? So oh, what do you think about so-and-so? Uh, now, now, my brother, go before you continue, is this, are you calling for prayer? Because if you're not, I'm not trying to hear it. 
But, 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 but criticism and fault-finding has such free reign in the body of Christ because man, let's just all be naked before the Lord. We like it. We like it. We just don't like it when it's about us. She goes on to say this. Read, everybody. Give the spirit of criticism no what? Don't give it a quarter, she says, for it is what? Now, when I saw that line, uh, and by the way, she goes on to say, anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Anything that leads to dissension is of the Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. I don't care how well-meaning you are. Anything that leads to dissension is of the devil. Now, watch this now. Now, now, I'm just, uh, <laughs> oh, those pathfinders better get here because I'm, I'm enjoying this thing already now. So, so, so watch this, guys. So the, the statement is, is that, uh, that, that criticism and fault-finding is Satan's science. Now, when I think of science, I think of something that has a theory, a hypothesis, and it has been tested and proven. What, what that is saying is, is that Satan has, in his lab, he has, he has tested uh, how can I wreck families? How can I wreck marriages? How can I wreck churches? How can I wreck people's lives? Huh? I can wreck it with words. I can wreck it with criticism, fault finding, negative speech. That's how I'll do it. I've tested it and I've proved it. Where did he test it? He tested it in heaven. Now, brother, let me ask you a question. If it worked in heaven, why can't it work here? Bible says, watch, dissension in heaven, right? Read, everybody. And war broke out where? That's dissension in heaven, right? Sounds like he was successful in testing his hypothesis. Uh, Michael and his angels did what? And with the who? And the dragon and his angels fought. And, and, and the scripture says, but they did not what? Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse 9. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called who, which is slanderer, and Satan, which is what? Uh, yes, and who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So I want to show you something here. Satan was two times removed from heaven. The Bible says he was cast out and cast down. What did I say, everybody? Come on, come on. Uh, what did I say, everybody? He was cast out and cast what? All right, first he was cast down, then he was cast out, according to Revelation 12. Now, what this signifies is, is that Satan's influence was diminished in two stages, but his influence was diminished in two stages in heaven. Oh, what I'm saying is, is that he, uh, Carl, he's got, no, he's got no influence in heaven because there were two key events that took away his influence in heaven, but he has influence still here. Amen. Okay, number one, here it is. He lost his position and place in heaven. So when the Bible says that there was war in heaven and Michael and his angels put the dragon or Satan out, what that's signifying is this, and I don't have time to break it down, but Revelation 13, 8 tells us that before the foundations of the earth, the lamb decided that he would be slain. Here, me give you a little background. The reason why Satan wanted God's throne is because he was upset about God's desire to create somebody in his image. He wanted to run that program. When God the Father invested in the Son the right and privilege as God, 
The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that is a play on words to suggest that in the beginning, Christ, who is the Word, spoke the Word, and the world came into existence. So first, I love this. So the first thing that ticked Satan off to cause dissension and fault finding in heaven was not just God's law, but it was the way God did things. God says, I'm going to make now, 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 now understand this now. Satan's whole thing is, I want to be like, I want to be like the most high. Right? Watch this. Verse 12 says, how, read everybody, how you are what? Or what? Son of the what? How you are what? To the what? You who weaken the what? Now watch this. Uh, 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 verse 13, for you have said in your, I will ascend into, I will exalt my what? He had a what? He had a what? Now, he didn't have the throne, but he had a throne. Can I just pause parenthetically and just tell you this? Man, the, the root of all sin are people who ain't grateful for what they got. Can I lean on that just for a minute? My God, why can't we just be grateful for what we have? See, complainers and fault finders done forgot how blessed they are. Oh, is there anybody in here today that knows you're blessed in here? Oh, come on now. Shake yourself. Free yourself to praise. Some of y'all nodding at me. Yeah, I'm blessed. No, you're more blessed than you're nodding of your head. you blessed out of your mind. Say amen. How many know you're too blessed? You're too blessed. I'm more blessed than I deserve. Come on in here, somebody. When I, when I had, my sister used to sing a song back in the day by uh, James Cleveland. She uh, uh, used to say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. As I look around me, I realize. I'm blessed. Somebody just needs to inhale and exhale and just open up your mouth for the Bible says, let everything that has breath, <laughs> praise the Lord. Can I get anybody in here today that knows you're blessed? Be thankful. Learn how to say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Satan said, man, I, I got a throne, but it's not enough. And read, the Bible says, above the stars of God. What does he say? I will also sit on the mount of God, of the congregation on the further sides of the north. I will do what? He's trying to get higher and higher. But we know as believers that the way to go higher is the way to go down. The Bible says, whoever wants to be exalted, let him be humbled. Let him be abased. Amen? The Bible says, whoever, whoever's going to be the greatest of you is going to be the servant. <laughs> Ah, uh, man, I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I'll be like the, what, most high. So watch this now. The dragon and his angels, this will blow your mind. Listen to me now. I got more excited this time than I did last service. The dragon and his angels were physically removed from heaven. Now, pause. If God came to this church and said, I'm taking over as pastor. We're having a business meeting. We need to discipline some of the members. Do you know what would be number one on his agenda? Not fornication, not adultery, not homosexuality, not drugs, not alcohol. Huh? You know what would be number one on his list? He's looking for the spirit of Satan. And you know what got Satan kicked out of heaven? Fault finding and criticism. So all of us would be gone. Now, so get this. The dragon and his angels were physically removed from heaven. I love that. You know, just, <laughs> the Bible says, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
Woo! Uh, although he lost his position and his place, he still had access and influence. Now, most of us didn't know that. We think when Satan got kicked out of heaven and came to planet Earth, he couldn't go back no more. But what you discover today is, is that Satan, even though he was cast down, he was not cast out. He still had the ability to go back and forth to heaven to accuse and slander. Can I show you? Zechariah 3. The Bible says, read everybody. Then he showed me who? The high priest standing before the what? And who else? Standing where? Now this is Old Testament. This is what? In the Old Testament, uh, there was a case where we are seeing in Zechariah where Satan where, 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 Zach, where uh, I'm sorry, Joshua, the high priest, is before the judgment of God, and Satan has access to show up and accuse. Are y'all hearing that? You see it. He had access. He, was, he lost his position. He didn't have his throne, but God still gave him access. I'm gonna tell you, I might as well tell you now. You know why God gave him access and didn't just kill him? Let me just answer this question. All of us have asked this before. Why didn't God just kill Satan? We wouldn't have all this hell to deal with, right? Just get rid of them. Because, because, listen, it's not an issue of might. It's an issue of character. Now, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. You've seen politicians, right? They're running for office. No, give me a better example. I'm pastor of the church. Let's just say that, uh, let me see, Rachel. Rachel, raise your hand, Rachel. Rachel, Rachel, I, I mean, I'm, I, I have it. Rachel begins to accuse me and says the pastor is not a good pastor. He lies. He steals. He womanizes all, all the things, you know, just, just the whole gamut, you know, everything that, you know, typically preachers are connected with. It's, it's him. And so, and, so, and so by virtue of her making the comment and it's spreading, it already creates dissension. People's natural reaction is not, let's pray for him. People's natural reaction is, what is the truth? Isn't that right? Okay, so let me tell you what, what naturally will happen. If my character is being assaulted, all right? I will empower her if I start being mean to her. Or if you come one Sabbath and she ain't here no more. Or she ain't singing no more. What I have done is, even if what she is saying is not true, I have indirectly empowered her accusations by retaliation. My mama used to say it like this, do not stoop down to people's level. We are not, this is going to blow some of your minds. When people are messing over you, you're not supposed to defend yourself. That's why the word of God says, turn the other cheek. Now, some of y'all say, I only have two. The devil is a lie. You can turn it once, get smacked, turn it the other, get smacked, and then start all over again. Come on, say amen. Now, what you're saying, and I know for most of y'all, no, I ain't going to take that nobody. Uh, I ain't no, it can't nobody. But see, we take that swagger about us, but we do not take that kind of swagger concerning other people. Now, this is why God could not defend himself. If God were to defend himself, he would have made all of Satan's accusations that he's power hungry, that he's egotistical, and that he's not loving, and that he's selfish, it would have convinced everybody that he's right. Have you ever seen, uh, you know, some of these movies sometimes, and, you know, there's this politician, and the politician is, is being accused by somebody, and next thing you know, the person that accused him is dead. 
Brothers and sisters, if Rachel accused me and then ended up dead, guess what? I'm out of here. It doesn't matter what, it does not matter what the truth is. What has happened is an event has taken place that has validated the accusation. Now, if God were to retaliate against Satan's accusation that he's unloving, he's selfish, he's egotistical, and he doesn't care, and Satan raises up himself and says, God, you're this, you're that, and then he's gone, then guess what? All the angels that adored and that looked up to Lucifer are now saying, maybe he's right. Love does not win by might and by power. Love wins all by itself. And I, let, me just, let me just lean on this for a minute. Sometimes you got to take some stuff. Sometimes you got to suck in some stuff. Sometimes you got to deal with what people say about you. And do you think you're better than Jesus? That you can't have nobody mess over you? Nobody talk about you? I know you from the streets, but you're a Christian now. And you don't retaliate like you used to. I know you're tough and you don't take nothing. But if you're going to try to be like Jesus, you cannot stoop down to the level of people that are talking about you. Let God fight your battles. The Bible says this battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. The great controversy is all about God saying, I'm going to let this thing play out. Look at Job. We see the same thing here. Job 1. Satan had access. Satan had what, everybody? He was cast down, but at this point, he was not cast out. Job 1 says, one day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan, (laughs) listen now, your boy done got demoted and expelled, and they go into worship. And guess what? Satan says, I'm going to join you. Is that amazing or what? He had access. It's clear right here in the Word. I mean, God is there, and Satan shows up. He still had access, and the Bible says this, and, and he began to say, now, now the Lord said to him, he said, he said, Joe, he said, Satan, where are you coming from? He says, from walking to and fro from the earth. Translation, God says, oh, okay, I know what you want. He says, uh, where, have you considered my servant Job? He's looking for somebody to accuse. He's looking for somebody to slander. He's looking for somebody to make God look bad. The Bible said, the Lord said, Satan, where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming to and fro the earth, going back and forth on it. Now, after y'all know what happened. Job did, Job, thank God for Job. Job tells us we can do it. Oh, come on now. I know you've been through some stuff, but you ain't had everything taken from you in two hours. Oh, come on, say amen, somebody. Job, 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 Job basically is a smack in the devil's face that no matter what you do to him, <laughs> no matter what you take from him, somebody <laughs> is going to worship me. And don't you not love Job? I mean, I'm just shocked at his reaction. The Bible says when he lost everything, his children, his money, everything that most of us live our whole lives for, the Bible says he lost it and he fell down on his face and opened up his mouth and said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Bless it. Satan's whole argument is this. What he wants is God's power, but he doesn't want God's character. Listen, anytime you try to split God by taking his blessings and not taking him, that's the root of all sin. 
Job says, I'm not having it. He says, you can take whatever you want, but don't take Jesus. <laughs> you ain't there yet. Come on, say amen. We ain't there yet. We're not there yet, brothers and sisters. We complain over stuff that's less difficult than what Job went through. Job said, take everything. He said, you can even take this crazy woman if you want to. He says, but you better not take your prisoner. Now, so he was cast down. He was cast where? But even though he was cast down, he still had access to accuse and to slander. Now, this went on for 4,000 years from the creation of the world to the cross of Christ. For 4,000 years, Satan had unlimited access and influence still in heaven, and God didn't do nothing about it. Because he had a plan. He's patient. He's long-suffering. And he's trying to prove something. The Bible says this. Now, watch this. Then I heard a loud voice saying in what? Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ have what? Verse, and then it says, for the accuser of our what? Who accused them before our what? Day and has been what? Now, isn't it interesting that when heaven, now notice now, you have to understand, look, exegete this thing. Exegete basically means break down the text. Exegete it now. The text is saying that the reason heaven rejoices at Satan being kicked out is because he's an accuser. Envision in your mind, Satan for 4,000 years. Not, now listen, ain't no such thing as a Laodicean devil. Now we're Laodicean, but, but, but Satan ain't. Ain't no such thing as demons who sometimes is unspiritual and sometimes they are. No, no, no. They're committed. So for 4,000 years, he has unlimited access to God. And you know what he does? He, he, everybody, whoever, your grandmother, your mama, I mean, I mean, a mud deer, whoever, anybody in your family, who ill, little children, he stayed in God's face, slandering and accusing. Now, let me tell you this. Most of what Satan says about us to God, when he did, is true. Now, most of us, we are only folk like Job and other folk that he have to lie and stuff. But for most of us, when the enemy starts talking to God about our stuff, our stuff is true. He is a liar. He is nasty. He is mean. Oh, y'all, y'all. He is proud. And, and, and look at the picture now. God is standing there and he's enduring. And the angels are standing there really in confusion. They trusted Lucifer so much that even the two-thirds of the angels that stayed, when they heard his melodious voice, they still were not sure for 4,000 years if God was right or Satan was right. Basically, God decided to stay in a broken home for 4,000 years until the truth came out. Can I talk to some married folk? Where are my married folk ready to step out already because you're having a tough time? Think of your God. Your God lived in his house in heaven. Come on, no mortgage on that. He spoke it and it came into being. And he stayed in mess for 4,000 years because he realizes that love never fails. So he was cast down and cast out. Now, as I end, you know what it was? that finally sealed Satan's influence in heaven? It's the thing that most of us don't even really pay attention to very often, the cross. We get more excited about the Sabbath than the cross. 
We drool over the mark of the beast. But you ought to run for joy for the cross. <laughs> well, look at this here. Not until, read everybody, not until the death of Christ was the character of Satan clearly revealed to the angels or to the unfallen. Did you catch that? So God let confusion dwell in heaven, even for the ones that stayed. <laughs> and they were not sure until they saw the Savior. I gotta, let, me, let me show you. Let me show you. I got to move. He said, God could have destroyed Satan and his sympathizers as easily as one can cast a pebble to the earth. But he did not do this. It was God's purpose to do what, everybody? To place things on an eternal basis of security. Point is this. If God lashed out at Satan, guess what? Sin could come back again. Do you realize that when Jesus comes back again, it's because of the cross that there will never, ever be sin ever again? There'll never be another devil. There'll never be a Lucifer Jr. Y'all know those movies when the Terminator dies, then another one comes. Come on, Jason got killed 13 times. Come on, talk to me. Where my 80s folk at in here? Come on. Michael Myers and Halloween got killed 50 times and came back. Guess what? When Satan is dealt with in Revelation 20 for the last time, it's going to be such a powerful expression that sin was awful that ain't nobody going to ever sin again. So let me show you this picture. So, so here's the point. It was the cross that signaled to heaven. Oh, we see him. It's clear. He killed God. Look at John 12. Jesus says this. He says, now it is the time of judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven where? Now notice Jesus said this when he was alive and he hadn't died on the cross yet. Amen? Now watch this. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will do what? Draw all people to myself. What he's saying is, is that the Satan will be driven out in the mind. <laughs> oh. I'm just blown away. Like, what's your move, Lord? I'm just, if I could be in God's head for a minute. God, what's your move? You're getting accused. Satan is, he's running rampant. He's killing. He's raping. He's, I mean, all the stuff he's doing. God, what's your move? The cross. That's all. Listen, he has no other move except the Holy Spirit. God has no other move except the Holy Spirit. You know that? There's nothing. That's why you can't play with the Holy Spirit. That's why you can't grieve him. Because if you grieve the Spirit, God has no other moves to save you. Listen, the Bible says it pleased God, hallelujah, to, to cause the fullness of God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were in Christ. The Bible says God was in Christ on the cross reconciling himself to the world. Do you realize that all of God... Hallelujah, Jesus, was in agreement with the assignment that we've got to die. Now, understand this just in case, because you know the end of the story, you think this was easy for God. Do you realize when Jesus died on the cross, he essentially was saying, I would rather put the whole world in jeopardy, the whole existence of humanity, than allow Satan's lies to continue. Was he not in Gethsemane? Some of y'all, y'all hear the story so much, it don't even, it don't even mess you up. Man, the old saints, when they, when they used to just sing, I, I, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. When they would sing the old rugged cross, tears would stream down faith. Come on in here. 
of this new generation, we don't even, we're not even excited about the cross because we don't know what happened there. But can I tell you what happened? He saved you from an eternal hell. The only reason you can sin and breathe is because of the cross. The only, the only reason you can be in the nightclub and in church the next day is because of the cross. The only reason you can drink alcohol and get high and act a fool and still show up is because of the cross. The only reason why you can hit on your wife and lie to your children and cheat on your family is because of the cross. What can wash away my sins? We kicked him out at the cross. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Look at him. He's high. He's lifted up. The blood of Jesus has power. So watch this. After the cross, look at the Bible says. I love, I just, the Bible is so cool. He's cast down. And then notice how the Holy Ghost just, so the great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. His angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser. Do you realize right now that the only place that accusation and criticism gets any play is on planet earth? One of the biggest lies that the devil tells you is that when you make a mistake, God's mad. That's a lie. Come on, can I help somebody today? So, somebody in here is lost right now. Somebody in here right now is lost. Holy Spirit, move in this place right now. And you don't know how much you're loved. Do you realize that the cross straight up says that your value is worth more than God himself? Think about how messed up you are. Think about how jacked up you are. Think about how trifling you are. Think about how you treat God. If you was God, you wouldn't have died for yourself. Is there anybody out there that just gets sick and tired of you? Satan has no play in heaven. None. He's cast down. And he's cast out. Heaven does not listen to accusation. Not no more. They saw the cross. And so now all of heaven is saying they're worth it. No, no, no. no I mean, God, God already felt that way. But now the angels are like, okay, I get it. So, 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 so you, need me to, you need me to protect them? Oh, I got you. 
Yeah, I get why. I, I don't mind. Can you imagine angels trying to protect us before the cross? They sitting there saying to themselves, I'm not sure if I should even be doing this. Are these folk even worth it? Look how ungrateful they are. But once Jesus died on the cross, there was a signal in heaven that says they're worth it. <laughs> so the angels were like, oh, can I think about that now? You've got angels that got your back. Y'all be getting siced over these Navy SEALs. and uh, you, you got angels. You got angels. One angel killed 178,000 people in one moment. <laughs> one angel, when he was called from heaven to, to the graveside of Jesus to resurrect him, the Bible says that he had to put on his brakes before he left heaven just in case he missed the planet. And the Bible says that when he hit the planet, the planet had an earthquake. One angel, but my Bible tells me there are two-thirds left. Yeah. Is there anybody here today that knows you got angels watching over you? Yeah. Dangers. Yeah. What the old folks used to say? Seen and a <laughs> Come on. Anybody know that there have been dangers that you saw? Yeah. Amen. You saw the devil trying to kill you. But how many know there's some stuff, more stuff, that you didn't see? But angels. <laughs> Angels, they encamp around about me because of the cross. And so what does the Bible say? How do we overcome this spirit of criticism? Say, here's Satan's move. The same thing in me. I got to put it in other people. He got kicked out because he's dissatisfied. He's bitter. He's angry. He's mad. The word tells us how we get the victory. Can we, can we tie this thing down and, and, and go stand outside for these kids? Watch what it says. It says, and they overcame him. Now notice who's saying this. Heaven is saying this. Heaven is telling us, Pastor Davis, how to overcome. Okay, oh, we've seen it. Isn't that just awesome? You know, I'm just blown. I, mean, I love when I, when I fly. You know, when you're, when you're taxiing, you can only see the planes around you. But as you begin to ascend, you start seeing, oh, okay, this is uh, Berea. Okay, Cuyahoga County. Next thing you know, you see Pittsburgh, and then you see the Midwest. You see, because the higher you go, the broader your perspective gets. Think about this. The angels are able to look <laughs> without limitation at our lives. And they say, mm, this is how you get the victory. The blood your testimony, and your mindset. Straight from heaven. Watch this. How to overcome. It's right there. He said, by the blood of the Lamb. Now, so, so how do I overcome the negative thoughts, the negative people, the enemy that's always... Oh, man, me and my wife talk about this all the time. Man, I, I don't know about y'all, but I constantly struggle with the enemy, with these thoughts. Oh, no, no. Y'all too holy for me. Man, some of you right now constantly have thoughts of suicide. Constantly have thoughts of unworthiness. And listen, it is, it, the, the dumbest thing in the world is to think you're hopeless when the, you have the cross. Yeah, can I help you? Let's make it real. When somebody is dogging you, and it's true. Look to the cross. 
Because if God didn't think like you were valuable, guess what? He wouldn't have died for you. <laughs> Next thing, the word of your testimony. He said, the second thing that's going to help you to get over these negative thoughts and the enemy always beating up on you and folk always on top of you, the foot all on your neck. <laughs> he said, your story, your testimony. Some of y'all need, need to come to my group. Ready, set, grow. Somebody need to get up in that group so I can teach you how to start writing your testimony and sharing that thing. Some of y'all, the only testimony you got, the one that happened 50 years ago when you was out there, you know, grinding it out in the hood. But you got a story right now, too. Come on, say amen. In other words, God is saying, man, if they would just begin to consider the goodness of God, ain't no way in the world they could think uh, uh, that they, they're hopeless. Last thing, love not their lives. Mm, what's that mean? He said, you got to know your value. You got to know your story. And your state of mind has got to be right. Now, here's how you overcome. You got to stop living for you. Now, now, this is what this really means. It says they love not their lives to death. Here's the mindset that you got to have to be overcomer. You have got to, you would rather die than sin. Now, some of y'all don't mind the blood. <laughs> the blood, shit. <laughs> some of y'all don't mind your testimony. Oh, I got a story. <laughs> but you ain't, you, you ain't willing to go so far as to say, I would rather die than to sin. Ten minutes, praise God. This is where I believe I want to call you today. This is that commitment that says, for God I'll live, for God I'll die. His commandments. Oh, y'all, now listen to me now. Because there's some funny stuff going on in God's house. Even after the cross, you still feel like you've got to work on Sabbath. I mean, it is so prevalent in the body of Christ right now, the disregard for God's Sabbath. The lying tongues. The, the idolatry that we have. I'm going through all the commandments. The adulterous and fornicating spirit. We would not rather die than sin. We would rather sin than suffer, not even die. Some of you got to be willing to go broke to keep Jesus in your life. To be single then to shack up and go to hell. The cross ought to make you want to be holy. The cross ought to make you think twice before you start dogging somebody with your tongue. Who needed this word today? Who needed it? Come down here right now. You know what God is calling us to? He's calling us to holiness, man. We ain't talking about that no more. Everybody want to be blessed, but no one wants to be holy. Your mouth, holy. What you watch, holy. Who you're with, holy. What you eat, holy. What's, oh, you, no, ain't the, where, where my amen's at now? 
The cross ought to make a difference in how I make decisions every day. In heaven, they said, we don't need to hear nothing else. Case closed. God wins because of the cross. In heaven, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to serve him or not. Not sure. Kind of like this world. Y'all crazy. We crazy to love this world. When it's on a crash course, it's on a train with no brakes going downhill to hell. Who wants to be saved in here? Anybody, come on, anybody want to be saved up in here today? Well, we got to gotta know your value. You got to know you got a testimony. And you got to get the right frame of mind. I would rather, and only the Holy Ghost can give this to you. I would rather die, suffer, than sin against God. We have to have a hatred for sin. Why, Pastor? Because it killed your Savior. It's messing up your family. It's driving you crazy. It has you broke. <laughs> Got you uptight, stressed out, sick. Anybody hate Satan? My kids asked me the other day, they said, Daddy, the, the Jesus taught us that we shouldn't hate anybody. Should we hate the devil? Mercy. <laughs> you know, kids ask you those questions. And you, give, and you can't just give them any kind of answer. And then I just told him, I said, listen here, honey. I said, we must hate him. You got to hate him. Well, why is that? I don't know. Hate him. <laughs> You'll fight. Live a little while. Yeah, that's right. yeah. See, the, life is too good for him now. Yes, sir. But well, let them live a little while. Yes, they ain't not going to need to be taught to hate him. How many of you in here hate him? Yeah. Well, I need you to also hate sin in your life. Yeah. Hate it. Not other people's sins, your sins. Yeah. Some of y'all hate sin, but it ain't your sins. Father, right now, thank you for your word. Our children are out there ministering. We're going to go out here and cheer them on. But all of us in need here need to know the blood, our value, our testimony, our story. And that we should not love our lives so much as to want to sin, then die. Help us to have a hatred for our sins in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go out here to the steps and wait on our children. Let's